If you would uh, like to read with me the scriptures that we're going to read this morning, uh, I'm going to ask you to turn over to the book of John, chapter 6, and we're going to begin reading with verse number 1. So John, chapter 6, and we'll begin reading with verse number 1. And after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover of the Feast of the Jews was nigh. And when Jesus lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him. And he said to Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he said this to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take but a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here that hath five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them who were sat down. And likewise the fish, listen to this, as much as they would. It was a buffet, as much as they wanted. And when they were all filled, he said unto the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. And therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. And then the scripture said in that fourteenth verse, And then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, they said, of a truth, this is that prophet that should come into the world. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning, ask you to bow your heads and we will pray together. Father, we are grateful today to be able to gather in the house of the Lord. And we are thankful for these that have come to the house of God this morning. I pray, God, that you would uh, make ministry come easy for me today. I ask that you would give me anointing and liberty and allow your words to be spoken to our hearts. I pray today, Heavenly Father, that everything that is said and everything that is done will bring glory to Christ and, and that it will edify the people in the body of Christ. Give me clarity of thought. Give me anointing and unction to speak your word. 
And Father, for all of these things this morning, we will be eternally grateful. We ask these things in the awesome and wonderful name of Jesus and everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. So I want to title my message this morning, Don't Forget to Remember the Obvious. Don't Forget to Remember the Obvious. As I begin here this morning, our text reminds me a little bit of a story that I read many years ago about Sherlock Holmes and his trusty friend, Dr. Watson. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson had gone together on a camping trip, and they had set up their tent and made everything ready for them to enjoy the beautiful and the great outdoors, and, and finally they had had supper and they fell fast asleep. And some hours later, Sherlock Holmes wakes his faithful friends and he says to Watson, Dr. Watson, look up into the night sky and tell me what you see. Watson pauses for a moment and he looks up and he says, I see millions of stars. Sherlock says, yes, yes, that's right. What does it tell you? And Dr. Watson ponders for a moment, and he says, well, astronomically speaking, it tells me that there are millions and millions of galaxies and potentially billions and billions of planets. Astrologically, it is clear to me that Saturn is in the midst of Leo. Horologically, it appears to be approximately 3 a.m. in the morning. Theologically, it tells me that God Almighty is still sitting upon his throne and that he is in charge. Watson continues and says, if I were a certified meteorologist, it would appear that it would be a beautiful day tomorrow. And then he stopped and he waits for Sherlock to answer. There is a pause, silence, and Sherlock Holmes finally speaks and he says, Watson, you imbecile, isn't it clear that somebody has stolen our tent I said, don't forget to remember the obvious. Don't forget to remember the obvious. It would appear that Dr. Watson had thought about just about everything that you could think of except the obvious. And you may be asking yourself this morning, how does that little story remind me of the text? I think Philip was guilty of the same thing. Amen. Let's just take a little closer look at our text this morning. And the Bible tells us that the people had followed Christ to this desert place. There was a great multitude. And they are following him. They have seen him heal the sick. They have seen him heal the blinded eyes and unstop the deaf ears. And they have watched as he has cast out demonic spirits. 
They have watched in awe, experiencing firsthand the great miracles that he performed. And they had heard him teach. And they had heard him preach. And they had heard him speak the wonderful mysteries of the kingdom of God. And they were hungry for more. They were desiring to be filled with a longing to be filled with more and to be in his presence. The Bible said that Jesus looks upon the multitude and he has compassion upon them. He has compassion upon them and he says to Philip in that fifth verse, from whence shall we buy bread that all of these may eat? And I love verse 6. He said, and this he said to prove him. For Jesus, he himself knew what he would do. That reveals to us that Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He already knew. He already had the answer. He already knew the need, and he already had a resolve for it. He already knew the situation, he already knew the need, and he already had a plan. He already had an outcome. I would submit to you this morning that oftentimes when we are struggling with the situation and we are struggling with the problem, God already has a plan. Hmm. When we are wrestling with uncertainty and indecision, God has already got a plan. We know that sounds a, a little bit simple this morning, but we need to remember that when we ain't got a clue, God has a plan. Hello? He already knew what he would do. Philip does exactly the same thing that you and I do. When we are faced with uncertainty and we are faced with uh, situations that arise and often we forget the very obvious, Philip does exactly what we do. He starts trying to figure everything out in the natural realm. How many people are there? How many, you know, how many loaves of bread can one person eat? Where's it going to come from? How much is this going to cost? Hello? He starts trying to figure it all out, and then he, he thoroughly thinks it through. He thoroughly examines it from every angle, and then he comes up with his conclusion in verse number 7. He says, Lord, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. How many times have you ever been there? I mean, you have looked at it from every angle possible. You've done everything that you can do to try to figure it out. You've done everything that you can do to try to fix it. You've done everything to try to put it back together. And in the end, you come up with the conclusion, I don't know. I don't have the answer. Understand that when Philip says 200 penny worth is not even enough for everybody to take a small amount. In essence, he's saying, I've thought it through. I've completely examined it from all angles, and I don't have an answer. I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you, if you've never been there, I promise you, you will wind up in that place one day. Philip looks at it from all angles. 
And he says, there ain't a Fred Meyer. There's not an Albertson's grocery outlet. We can't go to Costco because, you know, to buy the jumbo pack. There's not an Eddie's Bakery for miles. I don't know. I don't know what to do. And even if there was a Costco or an Eddie's Bakery, we don't have enough money to pay so that everybody could eat and get their fill. We don't have an answer. Amen. And the longer that Philip looked at the situation and he looked at the multitude, the more the multitude became a mountain. How many of you here this morning have ever been looking at your problem and you've looked at your problem for so long that your problem starts to become a mountain? I'm here to tell you this morning, amen, we need to go to that mountain and say to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Amen. The longer we look at the mountain, the mountain becomes a multitude and the multitude becomes a mountain. Amen. And the longer we look at our problems, sometimes the larger and the larger that they get. Sometimes the more, amen, out of hand, he did exactly what we did. He did exactly what Dr. Watson did. Amen, he looked at the situation and he tried to resolve it, tried to solve it. Amen, amen, and he came up empty on his quest. But Philip, I tell you this morning, forgot to remember the obvious. He forgot to remember the obvious. There are two things I want to share with you. The first thing that was obvious and yet forgotten was the fact that Jesus was right there with them. He was right there with him. Amen. Philip may not have had an answer. But how many of you know God had a plan? Jesus already knew what he was going to do. I submit that sometimes just like Dr. Watson and just like Philip, we are trying to figure out the big picture and we are trying to, amen, face our mountain and focus on the problem. And when we do that, we get to the point where we forget the obvious. And the obvious thing, the first thing is the obvious thing is that Jesus was right there with them. Beloved, can I tell you something this morning that the Bible makes it absolutely clear that you and I will never face anything alone on our own. All the way back to the Old Testament and all the way through to the New Testament, God has over and over and over again told us, reassured us, reaffirmed to us that he will never leave us. And that he will never forsake us. Amen. Exodus chapter 33 and verse 14. He says to Moses, my presence, my presence shall go with thee. And I will give you rest. Again in Leviticus, he said, I will walk among you. He's saying, I'm going to be with you. My presence is going to be with you. Zechariah 2 and 10, it says, Sing and rejoice, O son and O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come and I dwell in the midst of thee, says the Lord. Psalms 121 and verse 5 said, The Lord is our keeper and he is the shade upon our right hand. How many of you know that's close? He's the shade upon our right hand. He said in Matthew 28 and 20, 
Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Hmm. Amen. When you are facing what appears to be an impossibility, and when you are facing what appears to be an overwhelming situation, amen, when we are looking at the size of the mountain and the size of the magnitude of the multitude, we need to remember that we are not alone. Don't forget to remember the obvious. You may not have the answer, but he has already got a plan. Hmm. We have some help down on the inside. God is on our side and he is a very present help in a time of trouble. The second thing that Philip forgot, the second thing that Philip forgot but that was completely obvious was he forgot the power of God. Amen. He forgot the power of Jesus wasn't taken back by the situation he knew that he could command the stones on the ground to be turned to bread and they would obey. Philip forgot. He forgot the obvious. He forgot the power of Jesus Christ right there in his midst. But Jesus knew the power of God. He says in Jeremiah 32 and verse 27, he says, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. And then he asks a question, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Jesus knew that answer. He knew that there was nothing too hard for the Lord. In fact, it was Jesus that said in Luke chapter 18 and verse 27, amen, he said, these things, amen, which are impossible with men are possible with God. In Mark 10 and 27, Jesus looked upon them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. I came to tell somebody this morning, amen, that God is capable of taking care of the needs that are in your life. God is not intimidated by COVID-19. And while the world's economy may have fallen upon some hard times here this morning, let me just tell you that, the, hey man, the economy in heaven is doing just fine. God is not intimidated by our Red Sea. He is not intimidated by our Jericho. He's not intimidated by the Goliaths in your life. He is not distressed because of the fiery furnace that we may face. He's not frightened or apprehensive about the lion's den that the enemy has tried to put you in. He's not overwhelmed by the situations or the circumstances in our life. So when you are faced, amen, with a circumstance, that you don't have an answer for. Understand that God is with you and that God has the power to take care of your need. Don't forget to remember the obvious. Amen. Don't forget, but, but Pastor Gary, it's a non-starter. Amen. Don't forget to remember the obvious. God is on your side. And he has the power 
to see you through this morning. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20, unto him that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. You may be thinking, Pastor Gary, I don't have a whole lot to offer the Lord, but let me just tell you this morning, amen, God can take a couple of barley loaves and a few fish and do the impossible. Hmm. Little is much when God gets involved. He used a rebellious preacher by the name of Jonah to turn a city's heart back to God. He used a stutterer by the name of Moses to be the spokesperson and the deliverer for his children who were in Egyptian bondage. He used a shepherd boy, amen, by the name of David to slay a giant. And here in our text, he used five loaves and just a few fish to feed over 5,000 people. I said, God is not limited in his abilities or in his resources. Let me just share with you here this morning. John does not tell us, as he says, that there were 5,000 men. Matthew says that there were 5,000 men besides the women and the children. So I did a little math. If just half of the men were married and their wife was there, that's another 2,500 people. So that 5,000 men goes to 7,500. If just half of them had one child, that's another 2,500. And you add that to the 7,5 and you come up with 10,000. You understand what I'm saying? I bet you there was more than one wife in the crowd that day. And you know how youngins are when they start coming, they start coming in bunches. <laughs> I bet there was more than just one youngin in the crowd that day. There could have been 15,000 people. And he fed all of those people with just five loaves and two fish. And when you think of a loaf of bread, you think of one of those big, you know. No, this was like a little flat pancake. They didn't have those big loaves like that. The bread that they're talking about was like a little flat pancake. Five little loaves of bread and just a few fish. And you know what he did? He fed everybody buffet style when they had all eaten their fill. And nobody could eat anymore. Everybody was satisfied. He said, now take up the fragments so that there is nothing lost. And they took up 12 baskets full. Amen. I'm telling you, when God does it, he does it right. Amen. I want you to understand something this morning. Philip forgot about the presence of God and he forgot about the power of God. But we often do the very same thing ourselves. We often forget the obvious 
And when God began to put this on my heart, there are four things I want to speak to you about this morning that we often forget, and yet they are so obvious. Yes, Philip forgot about the presence of God and the power of God. Amen. And often we forget the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart. My heart, often we forget. The first thing, when we forget to remember the obvious, the obvious we often forget just how much he loves us. We often forget just how much he loves us. Pretty obvious, right? But let me just ask you a question. Has the enemy ever sat down on your shoulder and began to talk to you? Tell you that nobody cares? Nobody understands? That you'll never measure up, that you're not good enough, that you'll never hit the mark, that you'll never meet the required standards? Has the, ever, has the enemy ever come by and tried to make you feel as though you were an outcast? Here is a very powerful and remarkable truth. You are loved by God. Others may forsake you, but he loves you more than you even realize. He loves us with an incredible, amazing, and an astonishing kind of love. 1 John 3 and 1 said, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8 says, But God commended his love toward us. He revealed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 35. Amen. Paul asked the question by the Spirit of the Lord, and he said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall, what will be able to separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? He said, nay, but in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then he goes on and he says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities or powers nor things that are present or things that are to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let me just tell you, when the enemy comes and sits down on your shoulder and makes you feel like you are inadequate and unworthy and that you will never measure up, amen, don't forget to remember the obvious. You are the love of his life. Amen. Jeremiah 33 or 31 and 3, he said, The Lord has said of old, Yea, I have loved you. With an everlasting love. Isaiah 49 and 15. Here's what the scripture says. Can a woman forget her sucking child? That she should not have compassion upon the son of her womb. Yea, she may forget. 
But God says, I will not forget you. I have you engraved on the palm of my hand. Amen. He has us engraved upon the palms of his hand. Sometimes the enemy may try to make us feel like we are alone and feel like we are unworthy. The enemy may try to cause amen, us to feel that nobody cares. Amen. And sometimes we simply fail to remember just how much he loves us. The golden text of the word, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loves us. Don't forget to remember the obvious. If you are feeling ostracized and cast aside, remember that he loves you. The second thing that the Holy Spirit put upon my heart, when we forget to remember the obvious, we forget his marvelous grace is sufficient. What do you mean, Pastor Gary? We need to understand that God's sufficient grace is inexhaustible. It is inexhaustible. He has an inexhaustible supply of grace, of goodness that we did not and that we cannot earn. It is a free gift of God. Mm. We did not do anything in the beginning to deserve it, and we do not uh, we do not do anything to continue to deserve it. Amen. But yet, like a mighty rushing river, His grace is ever sufficient for our needs. The Bible tells us in John one and sixteen, and of His fullness we have all received grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, God is able to make all grace abound toward us. What I'm saying this morning is that there are times in our life when the enemy would like for us to believe that we have blown it so bad that there's no way back this time. The devil is a liar. Have you ever felt that way? I've, I've messed up so bad, there's no way back this time. No, the enemy is a liar. There's enough grace. Where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. Amen. God wants us to remember that his grace is more than enough. His grace is an ever-flowing fountain from the throne. His grace is sufficient. It is more than adequate. It is abundant, and it will sustain our every need. Don't forget to remember the obvious. It is by his grace that we are saved. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and it is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. In other words, it is not performance-based. If you ever get that, it'll set you free. 
Because if you are basing your relationship with God on your performance and you are continually failing, amen, you're not going to have a very wonderful relationship with the Lord, right? But let me just tell you something this morning. Your relationship with God has nothing to do with your performance. It has everything to do with your relationship to Jesus Christ. And it is in and through Christ that we have a relationship with God the Father. So don't remember the obvious. His grace will see you through. Number three, the, the third thing. Amen. When we forget to remember the obvious, we forget, uh, we forget his mercies are renewed every morning. We need to understand that each one of us deserve justice, but instead God gives us mercy. Hello? Amen. What do you mean justice? We have, we have broken the commandments of a holy God, and we deserve justice. But because of Jesus Christ, God gives us mercy. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Amen. Let me just tell you this morning that mercy is renewed every morning. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22. It says it is of the Lord or because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. You've heard me say this before. If I was God, I would have thumbtacked me to the wall a long time ago. But he didn't. You know why? Because his mercies are new every morning. Amen. His grace is sufficient and his mercy is new every morning. When we forget to remember the obvious, we forget that his blood can wash us and make us white as snow. All of these things are absolutely obvious. But sometimes we fail to remember the obvious. This is what the Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, amen, says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things uh, such as silver and gold, uh, verse 19, but with the precious blood, amen, of a lamb, the lamb was Jesus Christ, uh, a lamb without blemish uh, and without a spot, uh, amen. 1 John 1 and 17 said, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, uh, we'll have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all unrighteousness hmm. don't forget to remember the obvious amen Isaiah 1 and 18 God says come now let us reason together says the Lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be white as snow Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. I came to tell somebody this morning, God is not just the author of a second chance. God is the author of a clean slate and a fresh start every day. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
He's the author of A Fresh Start Every Day. George Mueller, one of the great preachers of days gone by, spoke these words. Speaking of the obstacles in the Christian's life, he said, I say, and I say it deliberately, trials, obstacles, difficulties, sometimes even defeats are the very food of faith. Let that sink in for just a minute. Sometimes the obstacles and the adversaries and the difficulties that we face, they are the very thing that feeds our faith. Mm. What he's saying is that you will face obstacles in your life. You will face trials in your life. You will face adversity. Jesus said, amen, in this world you will have tribulation. Buckle up, Bubba, it's going to happen. But he also said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. <laughs> He's saying you're going to have adversities, you're going to face mountains, you're going to face your giants, you're going to face your hardships, but keep a right perspective. Don't get so caught up with the problem that you forget the obvious. He loves us with an everlasting love. His grace is sufficient. His mercy will see us through. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? He is ever, he, or he's ever present with us. He, his power is unchanging. Don't forget to remember the obvious. When we remember the obvious, we will be able to survive the tests. When we remember the obvious, we will be able to trust and depend upon God and his faithfulness. When we remember the obvious, we will learn how to live a life that is life and that more abundant. I will close this morning by asking if our praise has become stagnant. If our praise has become stagnant, maybe we have forgotten to remember the obvious. If our faith is lacking courage and boldness, maybe it is because we have forgotten to remember the obvious. If we are freaking out full of fear, maybe we have forgotten to remember the obvious. If we are laying upon our bed at night, tossing and turning and worrying about this and that and that and this, maybe it is because, amen, that we have forgotten the very obvious. He loves us with an everlasting love. His grace is sufficient. His mercies are renewed every day. And he is a God of not only second chances, but a fresh start every day. Bow your heads, please. Bow your heads, please. I close with three questions. Are we remembering the obvious? Are we remembering the obvious? Are we holding fast to our faith? Or are we, like Philip, like Dr. Watson, are we forgetting to remember the obvious things that are so powerful that they will change our life in the direction of our situations.
Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. We pray, Father God, this morning that individuals that are under the sound of my voice and that will hear the message that is preached today. Father, we pray that they will be challenged to remember the absolute obvious. Maybe they, like Philip, have looked at everything from every angle and looked at the situation thoroughly and completely and they come to the conclusion that they have no answer. Maybe they are like Dr. Watson. They have looked at it from every angle, horologically, theologically, astrologically, meteorologically. They've looked at it from every angle and failed to see that the tent has been removed. Here, what I'm asking us this morning and what I'm asking for you to do is, Lord, remind us of the absolute obvious. You are with us. There is nothing impossible with our God. Your grace is sufficient. Your power is abundant. Your mercy is extended toward us. Amen. Lord, if we fail, you are there to pick us back up again and put us on the right path. This morning, I ask, Lord, that you would just remind us of the absolute wonderful things of the obvious. In Jesus' name I pray. Heads bowed, eyes are closed. Are you here in this place? And you would say, Pastor Gary, I needed to hear this message this morning. Yes, yes. I've forgotten some obvious things this morning. I needed to hear this word today. Some hands lifted all over the building today. They're going to come and sing one more time. I want you just to stand to your feet. And I want you just to worship the Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just remind every lifted hand of the obvious presence and the power of God. Lord, remind them of your love. Remind them of your mercy. Remind them of your grace. Remind them that while they, amen, are worrying and struggling, you have already got a plan. They may not be able to figure out the situation, but Lord, you have already got it worked out. All they need to do is keep their hand in your hand, and you will see them through. Hmm. I pray in Jesus' name, bring a reassurance to their heart. In the name of the Lord we pray. Come and sing.